partly annoyed, but partly frightened. The USS Paul Hamilton, one of the U.S. Navy's ballistic missile defense BMD-capable Arleigh Burke-class destroyers, arrived at the recently constructed naval facility two months ago. The ship's mission was unknown to the station, but it didn't take a war college degree to figure out that it had something to do with Site Alpha's unadvertised tracking capabilities. Yelling erupted in the hallway, and she dashed through the door, colliding with Frank DeMillo. "'Did you send the data?' he asked, wiping beads of sweat from his forehead. "'I started the sequence a couple seconds ago. Sorry, I I didn't think you—' "'We need to get out of here,' he said, grabbing her arm. The door leading outside crashed open, spilling bright light and another civilian into the hallway. "'It's fucking gone, Frank! They sank the Hamilton!' "'Let's go,' he said, grabbing her wrist and pulling her away from the door. She wrestled her arm away from DeMillo and sprinted past the panicked contractors. They were out of their minds. A smell of warm, muggy air enveloped her like a shroud when she stepped out of the climate-controlled building, instantly creating droplets of perspiration on her face and neck. Two of the contractors stood around a telescope, one frantically adjusting the knobs, the other staring at the horizon with binoculars. "'Dan, what the hell happened?' she asked. The overweight, balding man behind the scope turned to face her. The Hamilton took off at full speed, zigzagging east. Anti-torpedo maneuver. Less than a minute later, we saw a massive geyser engulf the ship. When the spray cleared, the ship was in two pieces. Went down within seconds. Unfucking believable We need to get clear of this building ASAP, he said, picking up the telescope. The second man lowered his binoculars. Dan, what? Do the Chinese have nuke-tipped SLCMs? Of course they do, said Frank, walking briskly toward her. I don't think running will make any difference, he said, pointing toward the Pacific Ocean. In the distance, a faintly visible smoke trail arced skyward from the water, lazily tipping at the apex of its trajectory and disappearing. Quinn backstepped toward the door, shielding her eyes from the sun while searching for the object. She found it a small gray dot at a 45-degree altitude above the horizon. One of the civilians pulled her across the grass toward the western fence line. They had reached the corner of the two-story operations building when the 15-kiloton warhead attached to the Donghai-10 DH-10 cruise missile detonated directly above Kwajalein Island. Event Plus Three Days Naval Base Kitsap Banger, Banger, Washington David Grant turned his passenger-burdened SUV left onto Sturgeon Street, still not sure what to make of the cars headed in the opposite direction. Whenever one of the boomers graced Delta Pier with a visit, every contractor at the Naval Base's Intermediate Maintenance Facility, IMF, flocked north to take advantage of the submarine's short stay. He recognized enough of the passing faces to guess that his group would soon join the exodus back to Building 7000. This isn't looking good, stated Bob Pearson from the passenger seat. No, it's not, muttered Grant. He eased the vehicle onto Sea Lion Road, mindful of the men crammed into the back seat, and headed north along the eastern shore of Hood Canal. Through the dense underbrush and trees lining the road, he caught distant glimpses of the lush, emerald Towandos Peninsula. They passed two cars on the brief coastline stretch before the road turned sharply inland leading to the enclave. 
Established several years ago as an independent security zone within the naval base, the enclave featured an illuminated double-layered electrified fence that extended from the tip of Banger Lake to the explosive handling wharf north of Delta Pier. Protected by an elite battalion of security force marines, access to the enclave was firmly restricted to the submarine crew and authorized naval base support personnel on a case-by-case basis. This carload of electrical engineers had been granted eight days to inspect and test critical circuits aboard USS Maine, SSBN-741, to confirm beyond a shadow of a doubt that the boat's $110 million EMP hardening upgrade had been worth the money. Three days into their assessment, Grant's team hadn't found any reason to suggest that the Ohio-class ballistic missile submarine was anything less than 100% mission-capable. Of course.